0: Welcome
1: here. Yes, there's two of them. There are. <laughs> Today we're taking a bit of a different approach.
0: It's like, it actually sounded like reminded me of the beginning of some kind of joke. So there was this Baptist pastor and, and this Pentecostal, Pentecostal pastor. And a rabbi. And a rabbi. And then we're going to teach <laughs> on spiritual gifts together. And we are. Uh, if you're just new or walked in the door since I introduced myself earlier, I'm Dave. I'm our lead pastor. And I'm
1: Ricky. I'm pastor of Community Life.
0: Now, there's this time where I was on a road trip with my, uh, our oldest son. He was eight at the time, and I pulled into Merritt to get uh, Tim's coffee, and I wanted a fritter, and then he's like, I've never had a fritter, and I, was, I couldn't believe how I had so missed this opportunity as a dad mm. to bring him in. He just always chose donuts, so I got two fritters that day, and uh, we start driving down the highway, and um, like, I didn't want him to be uninformed, okay? That was my concern for him. He took one bite as we were driving down the, ho- the highway, and it just goes silent for a moment. Then he said, no word of a lie, eight years old, I don't know why philosophers are looking for the meaning of life. <laughs> he holds out his fritter. deadpan, he just says, this is it. We're curious creatures. We are. As humans, God has given us this innate desire to know. We want to be informed. We want, and, and we want to know why. We want to know why we're here. And that's what this series is about. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about our human vocation, our God-given calling to... And it's bound up in this task of loving God and working with Him in our vocation to participate with God in His good work in the world. And even since it's become now a rescue mission, we work in the kingdom-building task, joining God in that, in that task.
1: Yeah, and this calling is one thing. Having a purpose is one thing. But the other thing is having the energy to do it, right? I've met people who become a Christian. They get this big vision for life, the universe, and everything, and they jump in headfirst And they go too hard, and they burn out, Right? You know, scientists tell us that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. But every time energy changes form, a little bit more is released as just chaos and heat, which will lead to the eventual heat death of the universe. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like my Monday morning. (laughs) Energy is something we're all looking for. Many things lay behind the reasons that we could burn out, but I think one of the reasons that we burn out or when somebody's sitting across from me and saying they're listless and burnt out, I think, you know, maybe this person doesn't know what their spiritual gifts are, and they're not operating within them. Because when we're operating within our spiritual giftedness, we're not using our own energy. We are playing with the power that lit the stars. We're participating in the Holy Spirit, the one who hovered over the waters of chaos at the foundation of the world. So the bottom line of today, of what we're trying to share with you, is that your most powerful And purposeful life, the life God intended for you,
0: is when you know your spiritual gifts and you find ways to operate within them. For sure. And you know, the Bible tells us that finding our gifts is something that we all need to do. Um, For our good, yes, it's really good to know what you're gifted in and to be working on it. But really, it's for the glory of God and it's for the good of the whole church. In one of the most important passages, one of the passages that talks about spiritual gifts, uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul introduces our need to know our gifts so that we can use them rightly. Here's what he writes. He says, For the, By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. there's a Canadian pastor named John Thompson
1: who's written a book on spiritual gifts called Convergence. And it basically sponsored this sermon. And he paraphrases this passage by saying, Do not spend your life trying to be something God did not make you to be. Do not wish for other gifts not given to you by the Spirit. Do not waste your time trying to work in ministry areas you are not gifted in. Your most purposeful, your most powerful life is when you align your gifts with the way that you operate. That's the sweet spot, that's flow, that's the abundant
0: life pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. Yeah, and so this morning we're gonna look at what spiritual gifts are. We're gonna do an, a short inventory of the most prevalent gifts that are listed in the scriptures, and then we're gonna send you away with both a warning. And an invitation. So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to open to the most exhaustive uh, chunk on spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read a portion of it starting at verse 1. Here we go. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, like before you knew the one true living God, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, whole doctorate-level courses could be done on the spiritual gifts in the New Testament. We don't have time for that. Dave would love to do that for you another time. You can schedule a weekly meeting with him. Now, what we're going to look at, though, is, is trying to give you enough of a sense that you can start to look for your gifts, so that you can start to find them. So first, we need to talk about what the spiritual gifts are, and there are four primary things that we see in this passage about the spiritual gifts. We see that they give glory to Jesus. They're generously given by the Spirit. They're for the common good, and they can be grown. So first, they give glory to Jesus. When we talk about spiritual gifts, some people might be prone to think of, like, superpowers or something, like, surely the way, like plays the cello that was scary i'll
0: bet you we have a battery
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's green we'll keep rolling okay. so the, surely the way yo-yo ma plays the cello or like lebron dribbles or something <laughs> right that's the sport he it's not golf lebron's not golf right? <laughs> that's right okay cool yeah you know surely that's spiritual surely that's supernatural well like maybe Right? We're giving God-given talents, natural innate abilities. God gives everybody, Christian or not, natural abilities. But spiritual gifts for Scripture are something different. And Paul hints at that when in verse 3, he says that, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So, what Paul's saying is is that the spiritual gifts exist to propagate the lordship of Jesus in the world. They exist to build his church and to build his kingdom, that the test whether a gift is spiritual is whether somebody is willing to be under the
0: lordship of Jesus. Yeah, second thing is that gifts are generously given by the Spirit of God. Paul writes, verse 1 again, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And then verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So, Paul, he uses two different words to describe these gifts. In in 12 verse 1, he calls them pneumaticos, uh, which literally is just like spiritual stuff, spiritual things, things that concern God's Spirit. Uh, He also calls them charisma or charismata, which is where we get the English words charisma and Charismatic. You know, when somebody has, you know, they're particularly charming or they're persuasive. It's the word that just delineates like a gift that's generously and undeservedly given to us. So if you take these statements together, along with what we see the early church experience in Acts chapter 2, you'll see that the gifts of the Spirit are given to believers, not based on their merit. It's not like they've earned them or they've proven themselves and so God gives them. No, they're not. They're also not just based on your abilities naturally. They go beyond that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is where you hear stories of, like, somebody who gets D's all through high school, barely makes it. And then, yeah, this is your story a little bit, I know. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And, and what happens is they meet not Jesus. Exactly. They meet Jesus. They get filled with the Spirit. And then they feel, like, called to ministry. They go to seminary, and they get, like, straight A's, right? They, like, write books, Right? That, that's showing that there wasn't necessarily a natural inclination. The Spirit filled them for a task. Or you hear of these people that are just like super grumpy and mean, and then they meet Jesus and slowly they become like super compassionate and like head up charities and stuff like that. So they're given without merit and sometimes without any sense of there being a natural inclination or ability there in the first place. The Spirit literally changes our hearts and lifts us up
0: to do a work for His kingdom. Yeah, third thing is the gifts are given for the common good. See, there's always a temptation, and actually this is why one of the main reasons Paul is writing this letter, this is one of the main things he's trying to correct, is there's a temptation to elevate some gifts and push other ones down, a temptation to use our gifts for self-aggrandizement. Like, oh, you're only gifted with blank, you know, administration maybe. I'm gifted with blank. Teaching, whatever it happens to be. And so Paul writes this, he says in verse 7 Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's why they're there. Later in the chapter, he's going to use the metaphor of a human body. And, And a body needs an eye, and a body needs a head, and it also needs feet. Sure, feet can stink, they can grow bunions and weird veins, but without feet, the body is not even going to go anywhere. And so, Paul is saying all the parts of the body need all the other parts. The, the, the gifts are given for God's glory, not our glory. They're given for the good of the rest of the body of Christ, not necessarily for our good. They're given for the sake of the world, that the world might know the one true king.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fourth, the gifts can be grown. So, I knew this guy who, whose granddad used to say, God is a gentleman, and what he meant by that is that God is not just going like to overwhelm and take over your life without your consent. He, he wants you to give your consent. He wants you to agree. He wants you to keep in step with him. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, you may not be able to choose which gifts you are given, but it seems that there's evidence that you can grow the gifts that you do have and that you can seek gifts that you've not yet been given. Paul says in chapter 12, verse 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And in chapter 14 of Corinthians, he says basically the same thing. Follow the way of love, eagerly desire the gifts. So what this means is that here in this room right now, there are tiny seeds planted by God's spirit in each of our hearts. And they have been waiting for the proper conditions to grow, to flourish, to blossom, to become the gift that we were made to be. And what we need to do is we need to seek that. We need to ask God to help us. We need to seek the community around us to come around us and activate the gifts within us.
0: Yeah, so, so maybe your question that you need to start with today is just simply asking this. Like, am I open to the gifts that the Spirit wants me to have and to function in? Or maybe, what do I feel that God is growing in me already? Now, the gifts aren't always given for a whole lifetime. Sometimes they can just be related to a specific task, and God gifts you to do the task. And then when the task is done, you'll be left with another set of gifts. So some are like that. Some need to be cultivated and stirred and grown to meet the mission that we've been sent on. So, then, what are some of the gifts, and how do I know I have them? Uh, the main spiritual gift passages in the New Testament are Romans 12, 1 to 8, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 all the way to chapter 14, and then Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. We don't have time to explore each of them in depth, um, but each of these lists have some unique features and each of them have some overlaps in common. Most scholars will say that these lists are instructive but not exhaustive. They tell us what some of the primary things are, but that doesn't limit what Holy Spirit can do. God can can do other things as well. However, these tend to be the primary ones, and these are all operative today. So as you listen, I encourage you to listen prayerfully. Uh, Not just for your own gifts, do that too, but also for the gifts of those that you're close to. Because one of the most important things we can do is is to name the gifts we see in others. That's one of the things that we're called to in community. Um, And you'll notice some of these gifts are things that all Christians are meant to do, okay? So, there's things like mercy, compassion, encouragement, evangelism, service. All of us are called to do all of those things in some respect. But when God supernaturally graces someone to operate in their gifting, it's like a next level of skill and capacity for it. Like, Um, Some will embody mercy and encouragement or compassion, and they'll just have ease and grace, and it doesn't like, they don't have to force it. It's just going to come to them because God's Spirit is in them. So that's what we're looking for today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to help organize our thoughts, again, that book we had talked about before, Convergence, he splits the gifts into three different categories, which many scholars have done before. Um, I think it's helpful to take the individual gifts and put them in these categories because the gifts are there to actually demonstrate the character of God to the world. And if we emphasize one category of gifts over another, we're kind of missing out on sharing an aspect of God. So we want all kind of of three main categories of the gifts to be operative, even if not every single individual gift is happening. And those three categories are service gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. So the service gifts. The service gifts exist to make manifest the love of God. They're there to show God's love to the world. The gifts in this category are guidance, serving, mercy, and giving. So the first gift we're going to talk about is guidance. What is it? The gift of guidance is often called the gift of administration as well, is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to love people by managing the details of day-to-day service, especially to free those up with other gifts to prioritize their use. Sometimes it's helpful just to talk about, like, how, how would you know that you have this gift? You actually like spreadsheets, <laughs> right? I think they're from the pit of hell, but... Um, <laughs> some of you like them. <laughs> Maybe you're an accountant, right? I'm just joking. You don't have to have administration if you're an accountant, but you probably do, um, right? You, you see details. You see problems, and you don't just fix them one time. You look for ways to build systems. You look for ways to organize whole groups of people to make lives easier, and if you have this gift, God bless you, we need you. Mm. Every organization needs organization, right? And if you came up to any pastor at any point, because not all of us have this gift, and you said, hey, I could, I could maybe help out an hour a week, like scheduling this
0: or doing this, we would cry and love you forever. So <laughs> He's not wrong on that. Uh, <laughs> second one, service. What is it? The gift of service or helping, as it's sometimes called, is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to notice and meet practical needs of people. How do I know I have it? You have a knack for just like noticing needs at even like the smallest level that someone has, and then you want to do something about it. A way to distinguish like guidance from this gift of service is that those who are deeply gifted in service typically work on like a one-on-one level. Like, they're not interested in the big systems level. That's the administration side. It's like the one-on-one, I can help with that. My friend Casey has this in spades, and he lives it, and I love it that he does that. He's the one who initiated the fixing of the coffee machine, by the way. (laughs) Service. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we can give him a hand. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. So, where can I serve? Well, anywhere, really. If you like doing practical things, there are lots of practical things. There's coffee to be made, Mm -hmm. things to be fixed, meals to be cooked, and much more snow to be shoveled. We mentioned that today as well. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for the gift of caffeination in the Bible now. Yeah, the gift of caffeination. So, the gift of
1: mercy is the next one. The gift of mercy is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to show grace, pity, and compassion especially to those seen as undeserving by others. So little story about this gift. Ricky and Michelle get on a flight from Toronto to Vancouver. It's four hours long. What does Ricky do? He opens Spotify and creates the perfect four-hour playlist, right? Michelle's not sitting in the seat beside me, so she's not going to bother me. She's sitting behind me. <laughs> so I get in on my chair, and I put on my noise-canceling headphones, and I crank it up, and I crack my novel, and I have just a wonderful time. We hit the tarmac. I take off my headphones, and I hear behind me my wife say, yeah, I really think you should get counseling for that problem with your husband. (laughs) And I learned that she has spent four hours talking to this woman, counseling her. She held her hand for takeoff and landing because she's afraid. That's the gift of mercy, right? If you find that people just come to you and tell you their entire life story without you ever asking them a question, you've probably got the gift of mercy, right? If you find that people say things to you and they're like, I've never shared this with anyone, you've probably got the gift of mercy. If you actually like when people do that, you've definitely got the gift of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have this gift, there are plenty of ways to serve. A couple key areas, one, junior youth and youth leaders, Okay. Teenagers aren't people yet. They're rough drafts, right? Oh, so they, they need mercy. They need a lot of it, okay? Life is rough and scary for them, right? They smell bad, that whole thing. So you got mercy, talk to Ben. The other area, we have a prayer ministry that we run on Sunday mornings. If you like to pray as well, that often ends up being a time where we need people who have a mercy gift, people who can listen to someone
0: and care for them in just a brief interaction. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, giving is the next one. What is it? The the gift of giving is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit toward outrageous generosity in support of the work of God. How do you know you have it? Well, you may have the means to live a lavish lifestyle, but you don't care for it. You notice the needs and you provide for them, generally in a way that hides your influence, where people don't see it, they don't even know it. But you're deeply, uh, you know, you're incredibly gifted for finances, probably, and you're maybe providing for numerous people in that kind of way. So where can I serve? I mean, there's lots of opportunities to give. You can look on our missions board in there, and there's people who probably need our support more and more. Um, Pay attention to the initiatives that the church has, and and give, and give generously.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the next category we've got are the word gifts. Word gifts clarify the nature, action, and purposes of God. That's a quote straight out of that book by John Thompson we were talking about. The gifts most associated with word are teaching, encouragement, apostleship, leading, pastoring, and evangelism. So teaching. The gift of teaching is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to unpack the truths found in the word of God. How do you know you have this gift? When you talk about the Bible, people actually listen. Right, you you, you've been in rooms before where people aren't listening, right? And there's something that happens. I've seen it when somebody's got a teaching gift; they open their mouths, and for some reason, people listen. Um, You notice things in Scripture that other people don't notice, even though you might have no education or background in it at all, right? Jesus says that somebody who is the teacher in the kingdom of heaven pulls out things old and new, right, from the good news. you probably get really annoyed when theology's bad, like really hot and bothered <laughs> all the time. Like Dave, right? Like that's <laughs> true. Right? That's you've probably got the gift of teaching then. Where do you serve if you've got this gift? This is a gift that you have to look for opportunities to grow into shape, right? Leading Bible studies is a great way to start. But if you do seriously have this gift and people have called it out on you, um, seek mentorship, right? Teaching, teaching is a very important ministry in the church and it requires guidance and direction and cultivation, I think, in a big yeah, way. Yeah. yeah,
0: thank you. Uh, you know, the gift of exhortation, the next one. Ex- exhortation or encouragement is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to encourage strengthen, and advise. How do I know I have it? Uh, You notice the good in other people, maybe where others don't. Um, You often have people tell you that your words propelled them through a difficult time or brought about a major change in their life. Where can I serve? Well, everybody, everywhere, all the time needs to be encouraged. There is nobody who's kind of walking through life who doesn't need words of encouragement spoken over them. So we need encouragers to be functioning in that gift. So maybe here's the thing. You could set yourself a challenge. I'll encourage five people today. Don't hide your light. Let it shine. Um, You guys know Leroy or I sure do because almost every week I see him speaking words of exhortation, encouragement uh, over other people, myself included. Now the next one we're going to talk about is apostleship. The gift of apostleship is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to pioneer ahead and to work in new territory. This is often a gift associated with missionaries or church planters. Um, I know that there is a limited sense in the Scriptures where this is used to speak of those who have witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus and then who went on to share that as eyewitnesses. That's one of the ways that the scripture speaks of apostleship. But Paul actually broadens it bigger than that and calls it a gift that is still being used and is still active today as well. So, how would you know you had it? Well, you're probably way too busy and you're trying to, you've got way too many ideas and you're maybe a bit scattered. You see things that other people don't see, potential other people miss. Your hand is in many cookie jars. How can I serve? Well, on a local level, here's what I'd say. Find people that can catch your vision and bring them forward to us as leadership if you want to talk about something new that that you believe God is laying on your heart. So be the change. Don't just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing. Uh, You might sense a call to full-time mission or church planting, and uh, planting, planting churches maybe where there are no churches currently. All of our supported missionaries at one time in their life were sitting in a pew, just like you are, and they felt God tap them on the shoulder, and they sensed a push from his spirit, and they began to talk about this growing gift in them, and then we sent them. Mm. All of them did. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's you. Yeah, and just a note on that gift, and a couple
1: people in this room, I know Crystal and Leah, I think you both have and I think you both should be released to use it absolutely. Mm. Um, leadership. Leadership is the gift and empowerment of the Holy Spirit to envision new realities and help a group of people move into these. How do I know it? It's moving day. Nothing's happening. You're the one that says we're starting with the piano, and everybody <laughs> listens to you, right? You feel, you see the gap, you see the need, you speak it, and it tends to actually. Happen now here's a little bit of a distinction with leadership and something that frustrates people sometimes if somebody's just got the gift of leadership Often they're not super good at implementation They're not often actually super good at doing the things leadership is described as a vision gift as a seeing and a speaking Gift so if you've got this gift um, you need to know if you want to serve leadership isn't always a formal position It's not always being the one on the card that is the leader, right? If you can lead, lead. You can do it from any position, from any spot, right? But remember that it's the seeing, the speaking, this vision gift, right? Share what you see, and you'll notice people will often do something about it. Oh, pastoring. I keep going. You keep going. Pastoring is the gift and empowerment of the Holy Spirit to lead and nurture from alongside, as opposed to from in front by modeling maturity, protecting from error, and disseminating truth. So how do I know I have it? People seek you out to connect about their lives. They look to you for guidance, and they tend to want to do it in kind of a closer setting. You tend to actually usually attract kind of the lost, the looking, the weird, the wild, the ones that nobody else is willing to kind of do anything with. Right now, a little bit of a distinction. Yes, mercy is very similar. I would say the difference between pastoring and mercy, pastoring is a word gift, has to do with the things that you say. Mercy tends to be people are if somebody's just gifted in mercy, they're happy to just let somebody feel the feels, right? And send them on their way. Pastoring is kind of a little bit about leadership. How can you serve Let us know if you're gifted in this way. We always have people coming to us looking for guidance, looking for mentors, looking for somebody who can come alongside them. And if we know you've got that gift and we know we can point people towards you, we will.
0: Yeah. Uh, Evangelism. We are all called to make the news of Jesus known through how we live and what we say. So that's, it's not like an excuse like, oh, there's a gift of evangelism. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've heard people use kind of these gifts uh, to hide behind that, say, I don't have the gift of evangelism, therefore I'm off the hook. No, everybody, everybody is called to make the news of Jesus known in various ways. However, there is a gift for evangelism, and this gift is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to communicate the gospel in a powerful and persuasive way. How do you know you have it? You easily converse with strangers about the big things. Uh, You can speak without apology or shame about your faith, and people don't shut you down when you do. They actually lean in a little closer. Uh, Caleb, you're somebody who has like 20 big conversations with others a week. Uh, If you want to be around someone who has this gift, go and meet him after the service. So how can I serve? You can serve in our Alpha ministry where you sit around a a table with a group of people who are searching and exploring, and you're helping them discover who they are in Jesus and who they can become. Uh, So just do what you do. Invite people. Encourage others. Be open to the Spirit speaking through you.
1: Yeah, and now we get to the power gifts, the fun stuff, okay? Right? (laughs) Come on. So power gifts demonstrate the power, presence, and reality of God. And we just need to say a couple things about these gifts. Um there tends to be kind of two extremes when it comes to the power gifts. There are those who literally believe that these gifts don't operate anymore. They were just for like when the apostles were alive and they're not here. And then there are other people who say like the Holy Spirit isn't working unless you see like 10 healings a week kind of thing, right? And I want to caution about both ends of those. I think there's no evidence in Scripture that these gifts don't still operate. I I don't think there's any evidence for that. The other thing is that the Holy Spirit is working in the love and service and word gifts, right? If there is mercy being operative, if there is teaching that is being done well, that's supernatural. That is spirit-empowered. That is God present and real to us right now. That said, we should still expect to see some expression of these gifts, I think. And, and I will say, honestly, if there's a category as a community that I'm excited for us to grow into, it is the expression of these gifts. I think that maybe there's some history for some of us that's been difficult, or maybe there's just some trepidation about doing this kind of thing. So this is about kind of getting this going and together being on this journey of just trying to have all of God for all of our lives. So, the gifts in this category are prophecy, tongues, intercession, faith, discernment of spirits, words of wisdom or knowledge, healing, and miracles. So, prophecy. Prophecy is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to offer a situational word from God, describing how he will act in the future and what he's up to now. Now, if you take that description, you can see that basically anytime somebody opens the Bible in any setting, they're doing something prophetic right? They are saying something about God's character. But the gift of prophecy is something more. It's a step further. It's a special sensitivity to what God is actually doing in the room right now. How do I know I have it? Well, you have a sense that God's action is real. You're maybe a little bit of a a mystic, right? And and you really sometimes actually probably get frustrated if things are too high and heady sometimes, right? You've got a real sense of God's presence and action in the world, and somehow you feel compelled to share it. And often, just as an aside and something that I've noticed, you probably also are a little bit sensitive, actually, a little melancholic, right? Go read Jeremiah, go read Ezekiel. These are people who, who looked like they really struggled. People have talked about prophets as like the canaries in a coal mine, right? You take canaries down to a coal mine so the poisonous gases are down there. The canary dies so that you know something's going wrong, right? Um, how can you serve? If you do have this gift, we'd like to know. And if you sense God saying something, we would like to hear it. We're not a tradition where necessarily people come up on stage and do this, right? But if you do feel you're hearing that or you're sensing that, come speak to us. We'd love to discern with you together whether or not that is a word for us in this season. Or go and find a good mentor. Find somebody with the gift of discernment that we'll talk about later on. And just grow in that gift. But don't hide
0: it. Write it down. Pay attention to it. Watch it. Yeah, thank you. And tongues. Tongues. This is a controversial one, I know. Tongues is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to speak in a tongue or like a language that is not known to the speaker. Uh, let me, I'm going to break this one down for a little bit, need a little bit more teaching on this bit. So, some leave space for tongues as a private prayer language, kind of based out of Romans 8, where Paul speaks about how when maybe we just don't have the words to pray, He says this, that in that situation, the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. Is that what he means? Maybe. Maybe that's the Spirit kind of like interceding, praying things, and and you're participating in that. Um, Sometimes tongues is described as an actual language that is unknown to the speaker, but it's known to the hearers. That's what we see in Acts chapter 2. At Pentecost, all the believers begin to proclaim Jesus. And people who are gathered from all over the empire there for for that season of Pentecost, that Jewish celebration, they are hearing the Word of God in their own native language. Mm -hmm. And so there's an element of, of tongues which is really just speaking an actual language, but you as a speaker don't even know it. Missionaries still speak about having those kinds of encounters and being gifted to do that today. Uh, What Paul means in this text is probably still a little different than that still. Uh, I think he's referring to like an angelic language, something that's not a human language at all. He cautions that this is not to be used in public worship unless it's accompanied by an interpreter. So how do you know you have it? Uh, In worship or prayer, you feel compelled to speak in a language not known to you. And those, uh, those have been intelligible maybe to someone else as well. How do I serve? Well, in private prayer, be released to pray to God in tongues. In a public setting, seek guidance and wisdom from us. And uh, that that was where it gets a little bit more tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. intercession or
1: prayer. The gift of prayer or intercession is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to pray for the needs of others, sometimes with those those needs being disclosed beforehand. Um, My dad has this gift. And I remember as a kid sitting in church services He would just, like, perk up all of a sudden, like a bloodhound sniffing something out. And he would lock in on somebody, and he would walk across the room during the service, and he would pray for them for, like, two seconds, and they would just be weeping, right? Like, he could just sense in any room. He still does this today. not even telling my mom. He just, like, drives to somebody's place in the country and prays for them, right? Um, That's a really powerful expression. Not everybody... has a sense without like having something disclosed to them. Some of you are just like good old-fashioned list prayers, right? You've got that notebook, you've got the things that you're praying for, and you check them off every morning. God bless you. That's the gift of intercession. Um, How else do you know that you have this gift? You just actually pray for people. Like a lot of us don't pray as much as we should, but also if you don't have the gift of intercession, interceding is a really difficult thing to do. For some of you, it's effortless. It just flows. Um, If you um, are in, actually, Megan as well, Megan S., you've got this gift, I think. You're a powerful prayer. I've heard it from you. How can you serve if you have this gift? Well, just pray, obviously, <laughs> right? Like, don't stop. Pray powerful. Prayer makes things happen. But also, I think it's a real gift if you have the gift of intercession to let people know that you're praying for them, right? I know that myself, there have been so many times where a hard season is happening and all of a sudden, out of the blue, somebody sends that text and just says, hey, you know what? I'm just really praying for you this week. Right? There's just something came on my heart that I just felt like I really needed to lift you up in prayer, and the encouragement that gives
0: is astounding.
1: We also need prayers up front as well on Sunday mornings. so
0: join the team. Yeah, join the team?: Yeah. Um, all of us are called to have faith, but there is something else that Paul talks about here, that is a spiritual charism. It's a gift. Uh, the gift of faith is the empowerment of the spirit to help the community mo- move to a deeper sense of trust in God for the miraculous or to trust him when things are really going wrong. How do I know I have this gift? Well, anybody looking at your situation from the outside would have an ulcer, but you're actually at peace. Um, You've put yourself in what looks like personal or financial risk for the sake of your faith, but again, you can do it with peace in your heart. How can you serve? You can find those who are doubting and build them up. You can encourage us as a community when we're on the verge of like, should we do this to be that person who says... God is going to carry us through the hard things. God is going to carry us through the next steps. God is going to be with us. So use that gift of faith in that way. Share your stories of God's faithfulness because God is still showing up and God is working.
1: Yeah, discernment of spirits. The gift of discernment is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be sensitive to the unseen realm and the way it interacts with our lives. Um, If you've got this gift, you've probably just get the creeps sometimes. Right? You walk into certain stores or certain homes or certain environments and just like the hackles on the back of your neck raise and nobody else around you feels it. Right? That's a pretty clear sign of this gift. You also have a sense, you know, you're know, you probably one of the ones that like, you know, one Sunday you come to church and worship is like, it's great, God's always present, but the next Sunday you come and just like you're like, whoa, something is happening here. Right? That's a sign that you've got the gift of discernment. How can you serve if you have this gift? Again, we need discerners. We need to know who the people who discerners, who are discerners. We need to have you sharing with us when you do think you've felt or you've sensed something happening spiritually. Um, it helps us. It helps the people around us. You do it with sensitivity. You do it with humility, right? And I think you seek guidance to grow in this gift, But um, I know people who have this gift in our community and being able to sit across from them and talk to them and having them openly share with me the things that they are sensing and seeing has made a real difference. So please, if you've got it, use it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Words of wisdom and knowledge. This isn't the same as teaching. This is actually a power gift. It's different. Let me explain. Words of wisdom or knowledge are an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to know things you shouldn't know about a person or to speak with authority about something that you just don't know about their lives. Like, how would you know that you had that gift? Well, you find yourself in conversation sensing or perceiving truths about the person that you couldn't know any other way. Uh, you have images or pictures that come to your mind, and maybe you feel like this nudge of the Spirit to share them. And um, it's like prophecy, but again, it, prophecy is typically more larger scale, where words of knowledge are like, usually exercise in a one-on-one or less public kind of setting. So, how do you serve in that gift? Well, as you're maturing and you're saying and you're having those senses, just to share things like, you know what, I sense that maybe, or I think that maybe this is something God has for you, take it and pray on it. Or God might be saying this to you, would you consider it? And then do share it.
1: Yeah, healing. Healing is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to bring wellness to a person's being. How do you know you have this gift? Well, obviously, you've seen healings happen when you've prayed. You've seen people come to health and wellness. It's it's can be more than that. You know, I have a good friend who's a physiotherapist who has definitely got the gift of healing, and he just has a sense. If you meet with him, uh, of where problems are interconnected, and can speak into them in a way with power that that other people can't. Um, If you've got this gift, how can you serve? I mean, one thing is we just need to hear your testimonies. Um, We've had moments where we've shared on stage where we've heard of healings that have happened because of prayers happening in this community. God be praised, but we would love to continue to hear more of them, right? And we would love to know that you have this gift to have you be one of the elders that prays for the sick, like James
0: tells us to. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, The gift of miracles is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate God's power, physically or spiritually, how do you know you have it? Um, well, you've seen things that couldn't happen by any other means. You've witnessed or been instrumental in encounters with the angelic or the demonic. Uh, how do I serve? Again, seek guidance and share where you think you have this gift. We need to know so that we can work together and yeah. let that function in our midst. Yeah.
1: So that's a long list. We would like need to take a deep breath, I feel like. <sighs> yeah. Right? Um, again... Our prayer is not just that you get information out of this. Our prayer is that this has been the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, actually, this is something that you do have and that you need to grow in. Um, we're going to be working in groups this week. If you're in a life group, the invitation is going to be to try and speak out the gifts that you see in each other in that setting. There are assessments out there as well. We've got a link to one in the notes, you know, if that's kind of your thing. We do really believe it's more of something that the community needs to do together, which Dave's going to talk about in a moment, but um, we want to be serving in our gifts. We want to know what our gifts are. We want that purposeful, powerful life that God has for us. But before we close, we have just a warning and an invitation to put before you. I had a friend who, and mentor who came and spoke at the first church I pastored at on spiritual gifts, and he told this story that there's this woman in his congregation in the interior of BC who was an ELR person, we would say in the biz, an extra love required person, okay? A lot of difficulties and troubles that happened in this small church were because she was a new believer, didn't have a lot of maturity, and just like rammed in headfirst. But he said... Every two or three months she would come and she would sit down across from him in his office and she would say, I think God is saying this to you. And he would have the hairs on the back of his neck stand up and the like, electricity go up his spine and he'd be like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Now, that's one sign that the gifts aren't given based on merit, right? They're, they're given. But it's a bit of a conundrum, right? Because what happens in some traditions is when somebody has a gift, we automatically elevate them to a position of leadership, authority, or power. And I don't know why, but one thing that tradition and experience, and I think we could point to some things in the Bible, that's true is that gifts don't actually guarantee character. Right? Gifts don't, guarantee character. There are people who are gifted, and they are gifted beyond where their character is at. And in those situations, what we have to do is we have to accept the gift that they give, and we have to discern it as something given by God, not by the person. And we have to determine whether or not this is somebody that we can place our trust in based on their character. Jesus himself warns us about this in Matthew 7. He says in Matthew 7, 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. And later in that same passage, he says, on the final day, there will be people who will come and they will say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons. We performed miracles. And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Right? So gifts don't guarantee character. It's one of the great mysteries of the world. I don't understand why, but it's true. So if somebody's got gifts, it doesn't mean that they're right. If you have gifts, it doesn't mean that you're right. It's about the fruit. It's about the character.
0: Yeah, amen. So here's the invitation. This is where we're landing today. Uh, Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. Uh, Timothy is a uh, young pastor that is being mentored by Paul. He says this, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Two things. First, don't neglect your gift. That could be said for any one of us. Everyone is gifted. Don't neglect it. Don't fail to use it. We need it. We all need it for the common good. It's there given by God for all of us. So don't neglect it. Second thing, the gift in Timothy was recognized and blessed and confirmed by a spirit-filled community and their leaders, You know, when I was in high school, maybe grade 10 or 11, somewhere in there, I was playing guitar at like this youth worship night that would happen every Saturday night. And uh, I was a part of the worship team. And before we would lead, um, we would get together and we would have this prayer time. It was a pretty intense prayer time, honestly. Uh, It was great. Um, And after one of these prayer sessions before, just before we went on stage, my friend Claire, uh, just a year younger than me, she said, Dave, can I share something with you? Uh, Sure, I said, a little skeptical. She said, as we were praying, I had this picture of you leading a large crowd of people to know and love and follow Jesus. And that's it, just a picture. But she knew it was for me somehow, and she knew she needed to share it. At that time, I couldn't have imagined myself leading a large group of people to know and follow and love Jesus. I I didn't see myself as that sort of person at all. But let me tell you, when I began to sense an inner call to, like, pastoral ministry, and when people started inviting me into leadership roles and affirming these gifts in me, Claire's simple act of sharing what she had discerned God was showing her about me, it loomed large. It's one of those moments in, in time that I always run back to and say, yes, actually, I know that God has called me to do this. So discovering your gifts, it's not just something you get from a spiritual gift inventory, as helpful as those are, and they are helpful. It's something that's named and acknowledged by those around you. So if you see someone with a gift, you've got to tell them. And if you wonder about your gift, you can ask the community around you, what do you see in me? What do you think God has given me? So pray over your gifts and pray with others about them. Let's be that sort of people. I'm going to invite the worship team forward, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me now. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you who give these good gifts for the common good, for the sake of us as a church, we want to say, God, that we want what you want for us. We want to be those who are open to not neglecting the gifts you've given us, but to putting them to good use. I want to pray for those, maybe particularly right now, who are conflicted, maybe wondering if that's really the case. Did God really give me this gift? That you would just, again, give them an inner sense of your call on them. And we pray, Father, that you would make us a community who knows how to speak these things out loud in in beautiful and helpful ways. So, Lord, we receive what you have for us, and we give you praise for your goodness. Amen.